0: The Donut Box! Boom. What's up, guys? My name is Joe Sebastian, and welcome to The Donut Box, where we unbox stories and talk about things we usually donut talk about from body image, diet, culture, growth, adulting, and everything in between. This is the second episode, which means that the first episode is out and this podcast thing is real because I just dreamt about this for a while and it's finally here and I am so excited because not only do we unbox stories here, I'm also jumping out of my comfort box as an introvert. So I hope you guys are excited because I really did enjoy this conversation with our guest today. We talked about magazines, content creation, and the beauty community. Okay, let's do this. Sit back, relax, and let's unbox this story. I first found our guest today through Instagram she did this beauty MNL post the hair spa at home and I was so intrigued by her voice and her energy and then later this year I found her again on Instagram and TikTok so I had to follow and I am loving learning from her on everything makeup and skincare. Today we are joined by a prominent figure in the beauty community, a content creator, a certified yoga teacher, and a beauty editor for La Fischelle BH you know I searched that before. we went on and then I still couldn't get it but anyways let's sprinkle some love to Belle Rodolfo hi Belle hi hi it's so nice to be here yeah I'm so excited for us to like talk because you know, you are the boodle master on TikTok <laughs> in all of your posts. But okay, let's get into the conversation because I know we have a lot to unpack. You're a beauty editor. What's it like? I mean, I've only ever seen a lot of this from like a bold type, <laughs> Confessions of a Shopaholic. It's like, is it like that? Is it as glamorous as it sounds and seems?
1: It is as fun as it is challenging so a lot of people just see the fun part of course they're gonna engage with the fun part because if i post about the boring parts <laughs> they'll be like it's just
0: me sitting at the desk all day <laughs> oh okay yeah so what was it like like what's the main tasks as a beauty editor
1: so as a beauty editor you are tasked to essentially produce the beauty section and depends on what the theme is or what the focus is for that month you have like 10 to 12 pages you can work with. And now with Love is Sale, I get a lot of freedom. And I guess it's because I've been longer in the beauty industry and Love is Sale cause as, a title, as a title is a lot more chill because it's French, oh, you know? Mm-hmm. And compared to my past work, because I used to be the beauty editor of Preview Magazine when it still had print, oh, okay. that was a lot stricter and you really had to... Pitch your ideas and parang you would be nervous if it would get approved and everything. Like there was this whole approval system with your editor-in-chief, the creative director and everything. I've kind of memorized that whole process. So I have to produce the stories. And within those 12 pages, it's like I can either create one big feature, which is what I did with the beauty creators, Kai and Marge. Or I can chop them up and divide them among different kinds of features, like a product feature, a profile, an essay even. And only 10% of it is writing. Actually, that's the fun part there. It's putting together everything Mm -hmm. that's so hard and chasing after people
0: and their deadlines. Oh, so you mean like in preview it was very much like the movies where it's like, you know, like you have all of them yeah and you're like pitch meeting yes. and energy. Yes, yes. correct, correct. Because <laughs> that's what I'm imagining and I'm just like, wow. It seems so yeah. fun yeah, I get I get where it would be like very stressful. Did you always yeah. want to be a beauty editor? Was like this what you saw yourself as when you were growing up?
1: Actually, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. And When I was, so it was like this whole thing, like I was, I've always wanted to be a writer. My family and I, we're readers. Like when I was a kid, I would be reading one book a day. It was really like, I don't know, maybe because I had ADHD. And (laughs) when I became a teenager, I consumed magazines and pop culture like crazy. And we lived quite far. So my family was based in Antipolo and my dad was quite strict. So I was living vicariously through these media. Yes, and then I saw mm-hmm. the films 13 going on 30 and Devil Wears Fraud. And it just like cemented this goal for me. Like, I am going to be an editor for Preview Magazine. Like, I literally said that when I was wow, a kid.
0: you manifested it from there. Palang, I, no? Yeah, I, wow, I manifested okay. it. But the funny thing was, I,
1: I fully thought it was like a writing job. And it's mm. now just about like 15% of the work you do.
0: <laughs> like, I love what you mentioned of like thirteen going on thirty because I remember also watching yeah. that and like oh I want to be like checking pictures <laughs> was, yeah like, like, like it there checking the proof <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then like <laughs> while she was there is there's very specific scene in thirteen going on thirty where she had that like candy or thing on her thumb and that's the yeah. that's the scene that I imagine myself as as well <laughs> yeah so the roll ups yeah exactly how did your journey start like before you became a beauty editor how did you get there overall. High school plan I wanted to be a
1: writer, right? And then the, my whole time there, I was really working towards getting, like I had this plan, like this five-year plan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get into a writing course and halfway through college, I'm going to start interning. After I intern, I plan to be absorbed, la 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 la. <laughs> and, <laughs> and for the most part, I actually like was able to follow that. But it was, like, a lot harder than I thought. Well, as it turns out in most, especially luxury industries, kind of connections are key. So, yeah. yeah. So then what happened was I did get into a writing course in Ateneo. And then around junior year, I started, like, cold calling, cold emailing, publications that I wanted to Mm -hmm. work with. Nobody replied.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oof, yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: Except for this one woman. She's like an OG fashion blogger. Her name is Christine Di Chow. And she wrote the Manila Fashion Observer. She's like a very French mom blog oh, fashion. Okay. And like for some reason, she replied and she sent me to Philippine Fashion Week. It was like this whole thing. Oh, there. okay. And then she she told me to go to a show. She gave me two tickets and then I asked my friend to take my photos for me and I just really felt like she was like the door that opened and until now I call her my career fairy godmother because after that I started getting the internship for Style Bible I got an internship for Status Magazine and I interned for them for a while and I learned so many things from there and the people I met there eventually I ended up working with them so the fashion editor in Status Magazine then is the fashion editor in La Ficelle now oh so, yeah.
0: okay oh, so it's like so, it yeah. comes a little full circle as well because now you're also working for yeah. like a French magazine so yeah wow. <laughs> the world works in yeah. mysterious ways what are some pressures that you feel like as a beauty editor
1: you know honesty to kind of like look the part oh, and okay. I mean it sounds funny but I feel like I wouldn't be trusted about makeup if I clearly appeared not to know how to do my makeup Mm -hmm. and how to do my skincare. I just feel pressured to have that credibility. And also because I feel like among other editors, I'm always the young one. The other editors are older than me. They've been longer, of course. But on the other side, as a creator, I'm always the oldest one. So.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So there's so... like the in between. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely get it where it's hard because in the aspect of like health, you there's a specific view of what people want to see a trainer look like or a dietitian look like. So I definitely understand what you mean by there's this pressure to look the part. And yeah, it can be stressful when sometimes you're just like, I just want to chill, but then like, wait, I have to look good chill <laughs> also. <I know>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get it. You're also a content creator, right? And I just want to like, how does your work as an editor affect your views as a consumer and you, the content that you create on all of these various different platforms that you're on?
1: Okay, so on one side, I'm a creator and I'm an editor and I'm hyper curious of, what goes on into creating the content that I see. I mean, in the publishing industry, we're all quite connected. So you kind of know who the people are behind the team, you know their style, you kind of get the story behind the product or the campaign, the editorial, whatever. But as a creator, I also know all the hard work that often just Mm -hmm. takes one person to do. And this informs who I am as a consumer of that media. And I try to be like hyper aware and hyper critical of what I'm seeing. Just because I have a high BS.
0: Mm.
1: No tolerance, tolerance for those yeah. stuff. Yeah,
0: <laughs> It's a no. Yeah,
1: so, so I'm able to consume content with like a grain of salt. And I know that information, no matter how legit it may seem, especially if they're trying to come across as legit. Like, you know how on TikTok, some people like speak like they know their shit. It has to be mm-hmm. cross-checked somehow. And that comes naturally to me because in, in journalism, and media, that's your training. You have to cross-check your resources. Like, I'm a chronic Googler, so it comes yeah. back city. Mm-hmm. And my search history, you know, it's assorted.
0: <laughs> That's actually why I really love your content as well. Is because you seem like you know your stuff. Like, you're you're very into it. You know, like, the science of stuff and all of those things. And I'm just like, okay, she's selling me on all of this information. It's not even just <laughs> the product. It's, like, the information that you give, which, honestly, I, I really, really love. So I want to tap in a little bit do your work as a beauty editor, because we know that magazines are the trend setters. before they were really, especially print magazines, they set a lot of trends for fashion, beauty, and also body standards as well. We can remember a lot of magazines selling us like how to lose 10 pounds in 10 days yeah. or how to like whiten your skin and all of those things. So from that aspect since magazines used to be very unattainable and unrealistic with a lot of the things that they present as a beauty editor how do you navigate the type of content that you create so that you're able to like represent more diversity and um more inclusion in mind oh my god i have a long answer so like <laughs> <buckle> <laughs> Sorry. i'm ready i'm ready <laughs>
1: Okay, so I started creating newer content, like on TikTok, on Instagram, with really morenas and Filipinas and even young gay women in mind. And because growing up, I never saw that. And it was only like maybe Bianca Gonzalez on the cover of Candy that made me feel seen just for how we looked, you know? And in terms of breaking down unrealistic standards, this part came to me later on, honestly. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it I learned through TikTok. Like, it's okay to not wear makeup on cam, to not have light. It's fine and it's no big deal to show the before and after. And that was really hard for me. So my first job, it was at Preview Magazine, right? And during the heyday of print. I mean, it was so wild how some of those standards then, they Mm -hmm. would not have aged well. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I grew up consuming that kind of media that fashion and beauty has to be skinny, expensive, conventionally attractive, right? And for the long time, I thought that was about it. And I mean, there's this running joke, but not really a joke in preview. The <laughs> art direction has to be fierce. Like you can't direct your model to smile. Oh. And I just found it so weird. And then so, okay, delving into that, one of the bigger projects I worked on as during my stint as a beauty editor was the Beauty Awards. And I didn't love so much the regular format of just listing down what I personally thought was the best because it's so one-sided. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not a conversation. And I mean, that's print, right? And one year, I felt like, let's reinvent this thing. And I wanted to invite, like, a panel of 50 women. They're not editors. They're not industry experts. They're friends. They're someone's cousin, an entrepreneur, an athlete. I had trans women, which I thought was, like, Ahead of my time there yes. because people were not talking about it then. It was like 2014 or fifteen. Oh, okay, yeah. Like women of different shapes and sizes. Because I realized the best like recommendation, the people who you listen to are people you love and people you know. Yes. And so they were the ones to test and review the products and their testimonies would come out in the magazine along with their portraits. And we had like a whole three-day marathon shoot I did like timeless black and white portraits with them and the direction that I wanted for it was I wanted them to smile so yeah oh. so I felt like that was such a huge milestone for me because before that that wasn't a thing for preview and I was like I did a shoot they were smiling
0: wow that, that, that's really like amazing I mean as like a young person well, when I was younger like I remember magazines were just like the most stressful thing because they were where you got all of your information from but they were also very much like setting up all of these expectations for you as you grew up and if I had seen that I probably would have like been able to work on myself a little bit earlier in my journey in seeing that diversity and like you mentioned just people in general humans that you see as they are and existing is really something that we need to see more of. I remember where one of recently, I think it was Women's Health who created Discover with somebody in a larger body, and there was so much like uh, negative feedback no. for that. And uh, everybody was like, What are you doing? Why are you promoting this? And it's like, it's just trying to show people that there are different bodies and different yeah. um, people out there and it's so yeah. rare to see that now like you mentioned on tiktok you're it's really you're seeing more of people in their like human forms that's also been like, very helpful have you seen any shifts in the beauty community ever since like TikTok started to share more of like body positivity, acceptance, neutrality, since it's gotten a bigger platform? How have you translated that aside from your work or your content to also your work as a beauty editor right now?
1: Yeah. Well, I wanted to go back to what you mentioned, like when you're reading a oh, magazine. Yeah. It's so like it's aspirational, but at the same time, you feel terrible. Like yeah. 50% of the time, it's like Damn, I have to have all of this to like be a preview girl or be a cosmopolitan? Like, wow, I remember like being so excited to read read it, and then, but also, I was like, okay, I have to do all of this. But yeah, it all boils down to unrealistic standards. So yeah, but now that you mentioned it, it's really shifting in the standards for women and body images for women. So yeah, and I know. Normalize as a word is thrown out a lot mm-hmm. but i don't know i'm just really glad to see people different bodies different beauties just exist and because i'm more into body neutrality especially after mm-hmm. going through my yoga teacher training that is just there like you don't always have to like say it's beautiful because there's also pressure when you're saying that right it's working. It's great. It's healthy. I don't have to like say, Whoa, I'm beautiful today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Like, of course, you have those days where are like, oh, Okay, she's wow, she's fierce today. Yeah. But, but there are those days where you're just like, I just don't want to think about how I look. I just want to let myself be and exist overall. Actually, recently, yeah. I was thinking like, oh, how have magazines changed? Like recently, I was thinking that then I was in the grocery and then I saw this magazine cover and it was like, lose weight before your wedding. And I'm like, oh, okay. We still have still. a lot in that. <laughs> and like, as much yeah. as you see it online now, there's still a lot of places where if you don't know how to filter that information, it will still really keep showing up. So you talked about now where you're in a place of moving towards body neutrality and we love to unbox stories here and since I love seeing your TikTok like you are this like you know glowing goddess your energy your brows are my favorite brows out there like I wish I could do that to my brows but so let's go back a little bit to your relationship with food and your body growing up before you became who you are today how was it how was your relationship with food and your body as you grew up
1: It was honestly quite difficult. And I was fully an adult before I found a healthy relationship Mm -hmm. with either of them. Yeah. Okay. So number one, I've always been like a tiny person. Like physically skinny and genetically we're small people. You know how typical Filipino households are like, they want the kids to be like plump and... (laughs) They would, like, really make you finish your food. And I would always be forbidden to leave the table mm-hmm. until I finished the servings that they gave me. But I was so full already. It wasn't just, like, I didn't want to eat or anything. And so I, I think that affected me. Till now, like, I have this thing. It's called the rebel piece. And I'll finish my plate. I'm not a small eater now. Like, I fluctuate. But I always have this one last tiny piece. Now, when I have that, suddenly, oh, my God, I'm umay na, I'm full now. And it's oh psychological God. for that's sure. So, psychological. But, for that's sure. so
0: funny because I'm the same. Like, if you ask my family, like I don't finish my food usually because there's like <laughs> there's always just this one piece, and they're like, "Isa i na, la like, "Yeah, but I don't want it anymore." Yeah. Same. You know, okay. <laughs> it's okay. Like the rebel piece. Yeah. Okay, right. number two.
1: Number two, and I think it affected me more was I grew up a dancer. Definitely the unrealistic body standards for dancers affected me. First, I was a ballerina and then a gymnast. And then in college, I was a cheerleader. I think in college, it was pretty bad because we were expected to do things like weekly weigh-ins. And like the one with the lowest number or the biggest loss would like be somehow rewarded. Oh. And... Yeah, and we also hung out a lot kasi through the school day, like with a team. And so you would have meals together. And if you like ate a lot, if you ate rice, the forbidden Rice? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Would key be like <laughs> shamed about what you're eating. And so it was this environment of we just like had body dysmorphia. Definitely. I think I developed like an eating disorder. Looking back, I remember talaga na every time we would get changed. Remember during that time, it was like all oh, the jokes. Like, like, oh, I hate my body. I'm a everything And then looking back, oh my God, you're so fair. Like, like a na manok, no, girl. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that vibe. I was like, that is so terrible that I was so unhappy mm-hmm. about my body then. So yeah, it's kind of messed up.
0: When did you start dancing? Like, when did you start doing ballet?
1: I was like eight or seven. Actually maybe late I know. Yeah.
0: And when you started like ballet, like as soon as you started, was did the body image and the body pressures already begin or did that come in more when you did cheerleading?
1: Actually more on gymnastics. Kasi parang, oh. So in ballet, I went cause it's like a progressive school. It's called the Learning Tree. And I really oh, love okay. that school. And the teachers there up to this day they were like mythical creatures for me like they're so (laughs) beautiful long neck tall and they were also very very kind and they were great teachers and finally didn't make me feel anything like that although I did feel like I wanted to look like them Mm -hmm. and then it was in gymnastics I don't know if this is talked about enough but most gymnastic coaches here in the Philippines they're men and they would always comment like on your body like parang it's so normalized na parang ang bigat mo or parang e, ito, okay to kasi payat ka mm. so the small comments like
0: those mm. make an impact that, that we're not not realizing they're not small comments talaga yeah yeah. yeah 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 that's actually interesting that you mentioned that most of these comments come from like men who are like training like females because yeah. I also had this conversation with one of my clients recently where she went out and then There was these guys who were just, they were surfing and then they just kept on commenting on her and comparing her to the other people and it's like, why why do we have that kind of, the trainer loves to comment as a, a joke maybe, but comparing bodies to each other and it's just like oh my gosh it's so stressful and yeah it, it's interesting for me that your body image issue started when you did gymnastics because for me it started when i was doing ballet and i was like oh mm. you know yeah i feel like everybody who does ballet has um I know. <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> yeah. like we have that same thing and i also did gymnastics as well but i didn't last very long with that i want to go back to when you said with cheerleading right where like, there's this comparison of diet or, like, food and things like that. Do you think that if there was a chance to talk about it, it would have helped each other grow a little bit? Because, you know how we it's, like, unspoken competition against females, usually, in the same industry, yeah, where it's, like, yeah. oh, you gotta be better, you gotta be prettier.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know what's weird is we were very, very, very close. But, I mean, we spent, like, the whole day together, essentially. And, parang. We did talk about it, but in a weird sense, like how we would help each other. Like, we just wanted to be in, like, we wanted to be in the competition lineup, you know? And also, at the end of the day, it's like a competition also between each other in a planning. You have to be the better person, you yeah, have the better flyer, you have to be the lighter one to be chosen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we did talk about it, but like in a weird way, like, not to address na it's problematic but yeah I feel like if we did talk about it that way it would have been
0: better if there was a (laughs) check. yeah yeah,
1: we we talk about it now like it's over now
0: so (laughs) yeah that's true yeah Yeah, because I I think that's also one of the biggest like struggles we have with our body image and things like that is because as much as we're surrounded now with a lot of information about how you you should like uh, accept your body or at least learn how to appreciate it there's still a lot of in your own circle, there's like we don't want to talk about it fully yet, or at least that's what I notice a lot. Where y- you can talk about it online, but once you're with people that you actually know, it's this super taboo topic of like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. Let's just like yeah, um, brush it yeah. off, and then I'll just go home and compare my body to yours later. Like, there's always <laughs> that aspect to it. Yeah. No? When did you realize that? All of these things in your relationship with food and your body were unhealthy. I wanted to add something to
1: okay. what you mentioned, that we don't talk about it.
0: Donut break! Add the filling, add the frosting, let's go! Quick glaze questions to help us get to know our guests a little bit better. Are you ready, Belle? Ready. Okay, let's do it. What's your favorite thing about yourself and why? I am a giver to my loved ones. one. Ooh, okay, what's your comfort food? Cookie. Oh, okay. What's your favorite cookie flavor? I mean, we're already there, so. Um, dark chocolate sea salt. Oh, dark chocolate. Okay. What's the one makeup product you cannot live without?
1: Brow gels. I think we saw that coming. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> we did. We did. <laughs> okay. And the best and most important question that we have here: What's your favorite donut flavor? Boston cream. Oh, very different, huh? Uh-oh. Okay.
1: <laughs> Is it? <laughs> so right i haven't like spoken to anybody in depth like how that affected me my relationship with food and so one time i had a project with like a friend i had and then we got close during that project because uh, we ended up talking about our relationship with food and we had the similar experiences so i had an eating disorder and parang we also had the similar relationships and similar way mm-hmm. we saw our body and we were talking for so long, and it just felt so seen. And I felt like I felt like I emptied yeah. like this whole cup, and just reciprocating that same energy and knowing that somebody else had gone through this experience and is still going through. Because we would talk about like sometimes I feel like I want to get back into it, like yeah, just to kind <laughs> Yeah, cause apparently There's also like this adrenaline rush. Like I don't know if I can talk about it here, but oh, go ahead. um, really okay. So when I was a teenager, I actually had about it bulimia, mm-hmm. and so this person also had the same experiences and the same background as me. Even if we didn't grow up together, like we just met during work, we just felt seen, and we kind of felt emotional about it. Cause you exist, and we're the same, and. There's also this dark humor around it that only we yeah, very, could very joke dark. about. <laughs>
0: super dark that,
1: that only we could joke about to each other because we know what it's like and we would talk about how messed up it is that we would feel so relieved afterwards like but then we would feel messed up again. <laughs> and it's just like it lasts about five hours. so yeah, yeah.
0: wow. I like yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to connect to that also where a lot of the time because we really feel like we're alone because all of these disordered eating habits are so normalized and if you're not fitting in the standard if you're not doing a diet something's wrong with you all of these things and then it's so interesting to really see that we've all been struggling openly but like we haven't ever really opened up to each other and so when you find that person who is or anybody actually I feel like if you just talk to anyone and then you just ask them about like how they feel in their body you would connect in a very unfortunate way of like yeah <laughs> i really like my body things like that and you see that so much more now and i can relate to you in which my boyfriend is uh, also struggled with his relationship with food and that's something that we were really connected with because when you connect on that aspect and even until now we like also joke about it they're <laughs> like I know how to eat less than you <laughs> I'm like, no this is so bad don't do this <laughs> like, <"I> don't know. <laughs> I know. but it's so comforting to know that they're also there to help you get back on your journey and I know how you feel when you mentioned that it you're so tempted to go back because even if it was a struggle, it felt comfortable. Like, ah, was, at least I fit yeah. in. But at least I looked yeah. this specific way. Even if you were tired yeah. all the time or like constantly stressed, you at least felt like there was a direction there. And when you choose to work on your relationship with food, it's like this unknown. You're like, what am I doing? I don't understand. Yeah. It, you know yeah. like, I-, I love that you were able to find somebody to like really talk about that with overall. Yeah
1: and it's cuz like if you if you talk to somebody who has not had the experience mm-hmm. it's either they just don't they just completely don't understand or you would be gaslighted like are you doing that yeah. for attention? Like, girl, I wish.
0: Yeah, exactly. And even like, <laughs> parang, oh, if you're like binge, if you struggle with binge eating, it's like, just control yourself. Discipline na lang yan. Parang, Ay, talaga? I, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't, oh, pala <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I never tried yeah. that. <laughs> so it's like, uh, anyway anyway. Um, so, yeah. let's go to when you realized like with your relationship yeah. with food na me, I have to work like, something has to change. I have to work on this. Yeah. This is not healthy anymore. How did that click for you? And how did you get on your own healing journey?
1: There was a time when my eating and exercise habits were terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a peak bad. And my clothing size fully affected my confidence. This I was, like, working in people here. And so I had a lot of events, and I tended to like binge eat when I was there because I was thinking I might not visit this swanky restaurant again, (laughs) so might as well, right? Take the opportunity. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so unhealthy. Like, okay, one time I had a beach trip, and I ended up like I hated how I looked. I hated all the photos. I didn't share anything. I deleted everything, and I thought I looked terrible. But looking back, I could tell I was. Uncomfortable with myself. Like, I was so conscious. Like, I didn't even look bad. It was just like you can tell. And it would have been that way. It wouldn't have been that way if I just gotten proper fitting clothes. If I just gotten mm-hmm. over like thinking I should stay this size, like, you know, it would have been so simple. And I don't know. I'm not sure if I consciously worked on it. Maybe it's age. Maybe it's my yoga teacher training. Oh, okay.
0: So there wasn't like this moment. I mean, it, it wasn't something for me because it was very apparent where I was like, okay, I have to stop doing this. I have to work on my relationship with food. And then I was just, like into it. So for you, it was more of just like a natural progression of like realizing. Oh, okay. Actually, after that time, after I realized I was so unhappy, I
1: was like, okay, let's get into fitness, girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I, just, I just don't. Say na uh, uh, I'm happier because I was, like, fitter or mm-hmm. skinnier. But um I definitely had a deeper understanding about nutrition, for sure. Because mm-hmm. I started getting into, like, the macros I ate. I didn't want to get into calorie counting because I felt like that would yeah. trigger something. It's, very, <laughs> it's like
0: a thin line there, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then I would really go to the gym. Like, I would go boxing. I would do the gritty. And I was just really, like into it and but think there was a turning point where I felt like I was obsessed but I feel like the real part where I managed to make it into a more sustainable thing was afterwards when I wasn't so obsessed with it anymore mm-hmm. yeah so I tend kasi, to hyper fixate on an interest like like really get into it and then I forget about it so but this one it led into like a healthier relationship with fitness and my body and food
0: Okay that's actually the same with me where first I was like okay I gotta I gotta fix my relationship with food I have to be healthier but then it became the other side of it whereas like I was obsessed with my calories my exercise hours all of these things like recently I had to take off my watch my my watch for like three months so I could like reset that I stopped looking at it because all oh, I was like how many calories have I burned today it's like oh, yeah, oh my <laughs> god <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah did I do my minutes and it was like I know <laughs> <So stressful. laughs> yeah and
1: every other every after workout you're like they say this is supposed to burn 700 why does my watch say 300 <laughs> there's
0: something wrong with me let's do it again <laughs> I have I have yeah. time <laughs> it's, yeah. it's so stressful but unfortunately sometimes you have to go through the opposite end to find where you're at and I usually talk about this with my clients where it's really like a pendulum where you swing from one side where it's like super restriction to the other side where it could be binge eating or like trying to just overcompensate in all of these aspects and then after a while you find your center right you find your middle uh, with your relationship with food and your body what are some things that you felt like helped you get to your middle overall
1: Honestly, because I had like the space, I'm the fitness girl that is my new personality. <laughs> but it helped me find the things that I actually like and the food, the, the nutritious food that I actually like as well. So after that, I was like, okay, I can, I don't have to be so intense now. I I can do the stuff I enjoy and you know, just find a balance with it. don't have to be so intense anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, it help- you're right. It really helped me find myself. And that's also how I found myself in yoga teacher training.
0: Oh, okay. How was it to... Like, what made you want to be a yoga teacher? Like, how did you get there?
1: So I actually always wanted to teach yoga. And I started doing yoga right out of cheerleading because I got injured ah, okay. pretty badly. Yeah, oh. it was like ambulance level. Spirit. Oh, and the sad, yeah, the sad part was like I was actually being chosen to be in an international competition. Oh, no. at the name. yeah. It's like
0: a movie. It's, it's like a movie.
1: <laughs> wow. And I ended up just quitting na lang after. Mm-hmm. Parang, I don't know. It's it's this whole other story. Na parang I, I just feel like my injury wasn't addressed. So after mm-hmm. that, I still wanted to like keep moving. But I wanted to be a safe space, so yoga was it for me. And from then mm-hmm. on, of course, my relationship with it as well changed, especially after my teacher training. Because uh, actually, my teacher training is quite cool, the school is cool because they're quite mm-hmm. progressive in a way that they focus less on how things look and more on how they feel. Oh, so, okay. yeah yeah, it's pretty cool. There, the philosophy, yeah, yeah the <laughs> philosophy is centered around rethinking what taking care of yourself and self-regulating is actually like. And I mean, going oh. into this would take me hours, but essentially it taught me to be like kindly to myself and quote unquote, like manage my standards better, which kind of spills over into my teaching style and the environment I want to have in my classes. oh,
0: wow, okay. because usually when I hear like about yoga and like yoga teachers and things like that, there's also this very, very stereotype wellness view of it, where it's like the yoga yeah. teachers are the ones who wake up in the morning, drink their lemon yeah. um, water yeah. and, and all of these things. But like That's how I imagine it most of the time. So I'm very interested to see that there's like this type of practice and like teaching that's like that. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. maybe I'll do yoga, but I probably won't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, how would you feel about your relationship with food and your body now? Like, where are you at right now for yourself?
1: I think it is a work in progress as as it should be always to mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some days like I straight up forget to eat, which is terrible, but it happens when like I'm focused on work and I don't want to interrupt the momentum. But there are days when all I want to do is eat. Like there are definitely special mm-hmm. days where I have an indulgent meal. Like my partner and I, we love a good steak. But on most days, What drives me in my relationship with food and my body is like, I just want to make better decisions for myself. I am 30 years old, girl. I am Mm -hmm. not going to drink at 12 noon. You know what I mean? And I stopped (laughs) drinking because of that because my gut is so sensitive. So yeah, that's also why I started making better choices for myself because I feel like if I want to live... A quality life i have to take care of myself literally mm.
0: i love what you mentioned of like making better decisions for myself yeah. right yeah. because i think a lot of our decisions and a lot of our relationship with food and our body is never about us it's always about what other people want how we want other people Correct. to see us and it's never really okay. this like how do i want to feel moving forward um in my Correct. as i age and honestly, I still am shocked that you are 30. am I? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not true. It's <laughs> It's like, ah, okay. So yeah, like you're like in a better place right now with your relationship with your body and food. How do you channel that with your content for beauty? Because it's it's easy to feel like when you make beauty content, sometimes people think it's like covering up and things like that. Well, for me, at least, a lot of the time when I used to wear makeup, it was just trying to hide myself as much as possible, or trying not to let anybody see through the mirrors or all of those things, the layers that I had. So, yeah. how do you use beauty to empower you rather than to, um, you know, cover up your flaws or insecurities?
1: Yeah, I agree. Because um, before, I've always been a beauty girl, but I used beauty to create this. Um, character I guess yeah. that I wanted to be and my complete fear was being seen without makeup so yeah um. I don't know what that says right but now like a running thread through my content is I don't want it to uphold unrealistic beauty standards like I don't use smoothing filters unless it's like a for fun filter like a yeah. <laughs> yeah. filter like you know, like New hair, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah at the start I did but I found it pointless because at the end of the day I wanted to show how beauty works I wanted to be transparent so I've shared about how I do my eyebrows but I also share that I have a bald spot here let's I'll show you how to work around that I want to I want to show how a product works I'll show my breakout in full swing so we can see how it works if I'm talking about something I don't need a lot of work on, like for example, I get a lot of questions like your hair routine, but I always say parang I've always had straight hair and shiny hair. It's it's genetic. And this is what I do, but I don't want you to feel bad that you can't achieve it because we have different hair types. Yeah, like I just want to be transparent about it. I mean, these things, they seem so little, but I'm making it a regular part of my beauty language, even in Lofus because growing up, I didn't see those things in the media I consumed. Like, for example, before I felt so terrible for having like uneven colored lips. But now I know that's like normal if you're Morena and, and it's no biggie. So that's what I want people to feel like it's no big deal.
0: Yes. Okay. That's what that's like. That's our statement for the day. It's no big deal. <laughs> no. And I love what you mentioned of just like showing it as it is. And like you said, you have to be honest with the content that you create that my body looks like this. Not so much because I did this, but also because of genetics. Cause I think that's a really big thing yeah. that we don't we don't give much attention to. Like yeah, I get a lot yeah. of comments of like body goals gonna come on. But I'm like, to be honest, I haven't even like done as much work as other people have in their own fitness journey. And it makes me so like guilty and stressed whenever people are like, I wish I had I your body.
1: Like, I didn't do yeah. anything. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know what you mean! <laughs> I think this is also something I learned in yoga and church dating. Like, stop upholding unrealistic standards. And this was something that was so radical to me. Like, when you're teaching, when you're in front, try your best not to demonstrate. Try your best not to rely on it. Because, parang mas gusto nila. We are better communicators. You are going to tell the student to focus on how it feels for them and not how it looks because bodies are so different. Like, I'm realizing mm-hmm. this as a teacher. Because if you want them to look the same as you, a person who has been doing yoga for 10 years and somebody was not the same body as them, they will feel terrible. I mean, yeah, so yeah, that's that's <laughs> also what I apply with beauty. Na parang I've been doing my retinol for like years, so if they feel like Only because, like, say, for example, we're both Morena and they don't have the same skin as me and they're using the same things currently, it's just not
0: realistic. Yeah, Yeah. we should really be emphasizing that a lot more where it's like everybody is different, okay, you can do this, but it's probably we won't look exactly the same, and that's okay, like you said, it's no big deal, that's okay. Yeah, it's no big deal. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, so just like to tap in a little bit more for you now, what are the major things you need to do to, for you to know that you are taking care of yourself? What are your, like, okay, this is how I take care of myself, and this is what I know makes me feel good about myself?
1: So, two things. I have to do the things that are such a chore, but I have to do, like, for example, adulting mm. things.
0: And I learned <laughs> Oof, this. No. I know. <laughs> no.
1: I learned this from my partner, and she's 11 years older than me and she's so responsible like she is so regular with all her like bank, going to the whatever area what is bed. that <laughs> What's a bank? <laughs> yeah. like, it almost seems like she loves doing them but mm-hmm. like she's just so good at them so she made me more regular with all those adulting things that I hate doing. like oh my god I hate going to the bank. anyway <laughs> and then number two Yes, I love allowing myself to be drawn by things that I enjoy, like good food,
0: Ooh.
1: planning around rest time and not the other way around, and like finding hobbies that I, that I don't feel like I have to make money of. It's so important. Mm-hmm. But of course, I'm at a place in my life where I'm older. I mean, I have more savings to do that. I mean, yeah, I do ceramics a lot, but I try not to pressure myself to be good at it or like, progress so fast I don't know when I get something shipped back from the kiln Uh I love I just love the simple joy of seeing something I made something I created with my hands and yeah so that's one of the things I love doing to take care of
0: myself I love what you said of planning around your rest days I think that's so important because I think (laughs) we're like always just looking for time we're like oh I have free time here I have free time there it's like something that I've also struggled with a lot is like having time for myself and what I want to do and then when I started to decide no you know what this day I'm not gonna plan anything and then it's made it so much better so I love that you said that and also like hobbies like I need to get hobbies (laughs) that's something I'm working (laughs) on what um, I'm
1: working on though is like not feeling guilty about enjoying like my free time not mm -hmm. feeling guilty about planning around my rest time but yeah baby stuff
0: Yeah, that's really important and it's hard, but like you said, you know, it it really does all of these things take time, like from where you started off until where you are now. I think a lot of people will compare and be like, I wish I was already there and I wish I'd looked like her and i was at her position it's just like important to remember that everyone just has their own thing their own life and their own timeline it's important to to really take your time there so thank you so much for spending time with me and sharing all of this information and stories i love your energy and i love everything you shared because i learned a lot especially with like what you mentioned of really working on how you feel and tapping into those aspects so where can people find you or let us know where we can follow your story a little bit more okay so i'm on instagram and tiktok both at
1: bell Rodolfo. so that's B E L L E R O D O L F O. yeah i'm on facebook but that's for like my aunties <laughs> <laughs> true
0: <laughs> that's to update them i'm still alive like that <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah All right, thank you so much. Okay, before we go, just one last thing. What is something you wish everybody knew about diet culture or beauty culture? Something that we usually don't talk about. You
1: know what? I guess we touched on it a lot. But much like beauty, food and body and fitness, it's completely personal. You cannot force what works in you on another person and vice versa. So I think we would just be a lot better off if we... Minded our own business.
0: Yes. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. For everyone who makes comments and for yourself in general. Mind your own business. Focus on <laughs> you. Yes. Focus on yourself. Yes. Yeah. That's correct. Yay. Okay, thank you so much. And thank yay! You. And that was the second donut. I hope that you enjoyed the flavor and the story that we really packed in there. Thank you again so much to Belle for being here and sharing your story with us. I was really excited for this interview because I know that the magazines have been kind of the trendsetters for a lot of our trends but also our insecurities and i really wanted to see like the behind the scenes and how nowadays we can really change the story and the information that young girls and everyone out there consumes and i'm so glad that Belle is on our side to show us diversity realness and just being yourself like she said it's no big deal to be who you are and mind your own business (laughs) If you guys want to catch more of The Donut Box and don't forget to follow the podcast and you can also catch me on my socials, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. That's Joe Sebastian or just Joe Sebastian on YouTube. The Donut Box is an anima podcast podcast, so please do follow them on their socials because they've got a lot more podcasts coming and they made my dream come true. So thank you guys again so much for listening and I hope to unbox more stories with you soon. Until then, don't forget, you always deserve to eat. Bye!